God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this last Sunday of the church year, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I was glad to get this car. When I got reassigned to the UK in 1997, the Air Force gave me 10 days to buy a car, look for a place to live, before I had to report to work. So, I did that. Found a place to live. Got this car, 1986 Ford Sierra, which is a, like a British version of the Ford Taurus. So my first day on the job at 5 p.m., I drive home in this thing. It's fall. It's, it's pitch black at night at 5 p.m. First time I'd driven at night since I arrived in England. And home was 12 miles from the base. Mostly on a long two-lane country road with no shoulder. Now, this thing had headlights, as you can see. (laughs) But when I drove home that first night, once I got on the country road, I could not see a thing in front of me. It was pitch dark, raining, and the oncoming traffic completely blinded me as I groped through the darkness. I'm not exaggerating. I'll tell you, this was 30 minutes of sheer terror. You know, I know some of you don't like to drive at night already here in Oregon. Imagine not being able to see anything in front of the road, in the road in front of you. It's truly one of the worst nights of my life. And there was nothing I could do. You know, you can't stop on these two-lane roads over there. There's nowhere to pull off. And even if there were, I wasn't able to see it. Now, I was a fairly new Christian at the time, and I'm sure God heard my crying out to him, or maybe it was my loud cursing at the darkness and the road and this dumb car. At any rate, God saw me through. He saw me through the darkness, and as I entered into the outskirts of the town our house was in, there were streetlights, and everything was okay after that. But I couldn't figure out what the problem was with this car. The headlights were on. So the next morning, I waited until it was light, <clears throat> drove back to work, told my coworkers about it, and they said, well, did you turn the fog lights on? I said, no, it wasn't foggy. It was just raining. They said, no, on these older British cars, you've got to turn the fog lights on because that's what illuminates the road in front of you. The headlights are just for oncoming traffic. I was like, Phew. So that night, yeah, fog lights, oh, beautiful. Could see the road and everything. Whether it was for 30 minutes or three minutes, I would imagine every one of you have groped or clawed your way in some kind of darkness. You know, at night in your home, trying to find your way through a room, trying to get somewhere. In the forest, in your car, in a plane, underwater, whatever. Not to mention those who actually lose their sight and are in situations where they can't find their way. Regardless, I think most all of us know from a very young age how strong the darkness can really be. But you know, spiritual darkness can have a pretty, pretty strong power too. And I think you know that that's where I'm going with this, right? Because you know there is a king of darkness, and he's very powerful at times. And it can seem as though the darkness controls or 
even reigns over us. If not us individually, then it can surely seem like it rules over parts of the world and other people. Every so often I get asked, why did God do the things he did the way he did them? You know, okay, so God created everything. He created the universe and his angels and the world and and, and people and all that. So Adam and Eve disobeyed God and God and, and got into trouble over that with God. But why then would God plunge the world he made and the world that he loves so much? Why would he plunge it into, into darkness? And not only that, appoint one of his angels who also disobeyed him as the prince of this world and let him wreak havoc in it. Why would he do that? How can one answer that completely? My professional colleague here seems to be giving it a good effort. Just saying, well, that's the way he chose it, he chose to do it is not very satisfying because it doesn't really get to the attitude that God has towards us. What's his attitude? What's his demeanor? Does he like us or not? Is he happy with us or not? That much can be answered when we considered that we were all once members of Satan's domain of darkness. The sin we were all conceived and born in kept us out of the light of God's kingdom, for a time anyways, until our baptisms. For me, I was in the darkness for 31 years. For some of you, it might have only been a couple of weeks or a few years. Even even now, though, the devil can still pull at you and me at times, right? He pulls with this deception, making you believe your words and your thoughts that hurt others isn't so bad, and the other person probably deserves it anyways. Devil pulls at us with fear. Not the kind of fear like just being afraid of things around you, That's the worst kind of fear. Fear for yourself that you're not forgiven like other people because you're such a bad person or the things that you've done are just too bad to forgive. Well, that's a lie. On the other hand, he pulls at us with temptation and causes us to think, is that really wrong? No, it won't hurt me or anyone else. Besides, won't God forgive me? Well, yes, he will, but... Like he told the adulterous woman, you're forgiven, now go and don't sin again. He doesn't want me or you to damage ourselves, which which he made and whom he owns. We are not our own, remember, and, and but he even lives in us. He doesn't want us defiled but kept clean with dignity and respect for the gift of life that's been given to us and all people. But still, the darkness seems so powerful. You know, George Lucas isn't the world's greatest theologian, but, you know, he was on to the truth when, when he wrote Star Wars and that the dark side of the force is the more, I don't know, the more quickly, seemingly more powerful and the quick satisfaction of personal desires and so on. You know, any Star Wars fan has who has a grasp on the concept of good and bad, the the good side, the dark side, should be able to grasp sin and righteousness in the Christian realm of thought. And for the Christian, 
the working of the law and faith given by the Holy Spirit, well, God shines his light into the darkness and exposes the darkness, giving us the ability to ask, what's wrong with me? And seek the solution. Jesus, like we sung in that hymn. Jesus, Jesus, only Jesus, right? He has already sought you and me out. He's applied the solution to what's wrong with us. He's delivered you and me from the power of darkness and transferred us to the reign of His Son. You heard that in Paul's letter to the Colossians. The light of the world, Jesus. He reigns. He rules. He is our mighty King. And that's good news to hold on to in a dark world where murder continues to take place on a daily basis along with abuse, corruption, scandal, hatred, neglect, and the like. Take notice and believe God when He says, it's happened in verse 13 of our epistle. He has delivered you. He has delivered you from the domain of darkness. Oh, how we've all tried to convince someone that something's already happened for them to put their minds at ease. To the point we've shouted in their face, it's done. I've already done it. God says that now to each one of us. He says it to you. I have forgiven you through the blood shed by my son on the cross to pay for your sin. It's happened. And that's good news too. Which you've heard before. The funny thing about preaching though is as I prepare a message which... You know, I prepare a message which you already know what I'm going to say ahead of time. You expect the familiar. Not some new revelation that's going to change everything, right? If I ever did that, then that's your red flag that something's wrong with me. And then you'll need to consult the church constitution on how to deal with that. No. The familiar word of God is the one you expect. Because we all feel the power and the pull of darkness at times, some more than others. Nevertheless, hold fast to God's guarantee that He has brought you out of the dark into His light. Look back at that time you struggled. You groped, clawed your way to find your way through the darkness and take it to heart that your faith, your being, And your infinite future is no longer under that danger of fear. Amen.